CougarFan.com, Rise and Shot Podcast, episode 444. Get all of your BYU sports news at CougarFan.com. Cold opening, Matt. I don't have anything for the opening. Was 444 like a lucky number because it's three fours? No. Is that like, it's I don't like think a, so. Does it mean something? Are you trying to create a lame opening because you're, it's working? I'm trying. I'm it's trying working super hard. really good. How about this? Best cold open, best cold open in office. Perhaps the best cold open in office history was an accident. Did you know that? Which which one are we speaking? Dwight's of? bouncing on his uh, exercise ball because he's replaced his chair with a fitness orb. Yes, yes. And uh, Jim says, "How much did that thing cost you?" He's doing this whole thing like, "Hey, it improves your performance. Like it's a great ab core workout." Blah blah blah. And Jim says, "How much did that cost you?" He says, "Only twenty five dollars." And Jim shrugs and says, okay, and pulls out a pair of scissors and stabs it. <laughs> and it immediately deflates and Dwight falls over to the ground. So the way that was supposed to happen was uh, the way they had practiced it anyways, that he'd poke a hole in it and it would slowly deflate and Dwight would like slowly slink, sink to the ground. And you can see that that would be funny. But when, uh, what's his face, the Jim Halpert actor, what's his name? Krasinski? Uh, Krasinski, when, yes. When he jabbed the pair of scissors in the, into the fitness orb, he hit it right on the seam, <laughs> split the thing right <laughs> down the middle. And uh, what's uh, Dwight Schrute's actual name? Um, no, he actually hit his head. And if you watch, if you watch the thing, like there's one person in the back who's like has to cover their mouth and jump out of the frame because he's laughing so hard. Um, Phyllis starts laughing, and it's because he wasn't supposed to fall over like that. It's pretty good. That's uh, uh, Rain Wilson is the actor who plays uh, who uh, plays Dwight Schrute, Dwight Kurt Schrute the Third, if we're uh, being Bears completely. Bears Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> uh, do you watch Battlestar Galactica? No, then you're an idiot. Uh, some great. <laughs> some question: Which bear is best? <laughs> well, I don't know. There's plenty of schools of thought on that. Wrong. <laughs> Uh, so this step is not a joke jim <laughs> oh all right well that's that's we opened this up all right actually this wasn't our worst we just we it's all great artists steal we had nothing so we we stole from a that's from right. a popular sitcom and it so, worked famously yeah it fa- worked famously and and leads us directly into the tweet bag tweet bag so we had a couple questions about the college football playoff, or as we like to now call it, the uh, Power 5 Invitational. Uh, the first one came from Justin Whiting. That's a at JN Whiting on Twitter. And of course, you could tweet at us at BYU underscore Rice Show. Um, was the college football playoff committee completely right about everyone? Ohio State looked great. Iowa State good. Coastal Carolina lost. Since he lost, Indiana not as good as I hoped. Ugh, well, come on, Justin. Indiana's terrible. I am so depressed. Luckily, BYU was awesome in their bowl. Hashtag tweet bag. Um, no. The answer is easy to this no. Ohio State was never a question of whether they were a good team or not. To me, it wasn't a question. The computers loved them. Yeah, I get they struggled against Northwestern and a good Indiana team, but... No, it wasn't about that for Ohio State, right? No, like there was, and yeah, there, it wasn't a question about whether or not they could win. Right? Yeah, like everybody. That, that I think we talked about it last question. week. Yeah, yeah, that we thought they could win. Their question. Yeah, yeah. I mean, could they win? Yes. Yeah, so could the New York Jets could have won that game. They don't deserve to be there. 
You know, could the New York Jets win a playoff game? It's possible, but they don't get to be there, right? Like in the NFL, it's it's so arbitrary who got into that college football playoff because Ohio State shouldn't have been in the Big Ten Championship. They didn't qualify for it, and they changed the rules the week before the game. I, I mean, I we just accept this stuff as college football fans, and I'm done accepting it. It's stupid, right? It's We accept it. The other ones... Um, Coastal Carolina lost to a good Liberty team. So I don't think that proves anything. So uh, we define, like we define a team's entire season based off that game against Liberty. And, uh, since he lost in a close game that they could have easily won to an SEC team. So why is that? Because Notre Dame got destroyed. So, I mean, if you're going to give the committee for what they quote-unquote got right. Well, why Why not? Texas A&M looked way better than, than yeah, Notre Dame. Texas A&M probably should have been in, right? Well, I actually, taken Texas A&M over Ohio State. Yeah, well, I, 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 you, you could make the argument Texas A&M could have been over either of those teams, right? Yeah. Ohio State or Notre Dame. I did, wouldn't make that about Notre Dame. I thought they earned it. I don't care that they keep getting blown out in these games. That, to me, is irrelevant, right? We're not no, doing I, this I, on history. Take- they they that was a year ago. That's the whole thing, right? Is that Cincinnati needed to beat Georgia in order to take a run at the playoff in twenty twenty two. Yeah, but they that wasn't gonna happen either. Check UCF a few years ago. They did that and still didn't make the playoffs. Still didn't make it right. No, but but my point is like why are we why is this a multi year process? It's not like, a multi year no process. Sense. And okay, Notre Dame they've been blown out how many times now in this thing? Doesn't matter. Um because that was the last year's team. Here's the it other thing. Two years, in two years, I mean, think about how much turnover you get in a college football program in two years. So think about it this way. In the NFL playoffs or Major League Baseball or the NBA, okay? Uh, let's take the example of, well, the Patriots should be in the playoffs because they've been in the playoffs for the last 12 years. So let's knock Cleveland out and put the Patriots in. That's what's happened, guys. Like, so when I hear people say, oh, that maybe the committee was right or, you know, the system's really not that broken. They put the Patriots in the playoffs because of the name. That's the equivalent here of what happened. The Patri- Ohio State did not qualify for the playoff or any way that we would think. They didn't qualify for their own conference championship game. And you still put them in the playoff because of their name, right? And we wouldn't, in the NFL, you would sit there and go, yeah, that's ridiculous. Of course, the Patriots don't make the playoffs. They're seven and nine, and they didn't qualify for the playoffs. But when you make it a committee, just make it a call, then they can do this these crazy things that we would never accept in any other sport outside of college football. We would we, people would just reject it straight out. They wouldn't even watch the games. They'd stop. But for some reason, we keep watching. And I did, by the way, watch the and and I'll watch this final even if it gets played a week late. Oh, that's a, that'll be an interesting thing to see how that goes see, down. But, but what what do you say, like? Think about that for a minute. If you're Alabama, and they push this thing to the 18th, what what if you have a problem in two weeks? What if what if Mac Jones gets hurt in practice in that second week? What if it's, like, I, this is this is no, insane? You play the game. You play the game on Monday night with whoever Ohio State can muster. Because if Ohio if Ohio State had three players get arrested and had to kick them off the team, you'd still play the game. If Ohio State had three players who got injured, 
you'd still play the game. It's it, here's the other piece about that is college football is made the bed and now they're going to have to sleep in it, which is the four playoff teams should have been flown to Dallas, Texas the day before, you know, before January 1st. The two teams that lose go home and the other two teams stay in a bubble. Stay in a bubble. Yep. I mean, the NBA showed us, NHL showed us, this works if you do it correctly. And yes, they're college students and all that stuff, but it's break for most of the schools anyway. And by the way, Nobody cares about the academics like any other time, except somehow well, around the playoffs. Most of these schools are allowing students to do distance learning anyway. Well, I'm, yeah, right. almost all of them. Yeah. So, I, so you could have made you could have made this work. And instead, you sent four teams to different parts of the country, and then you send them home, and then are going to bring them back. This was a I don't, I don't want to say inevitable, but it was certainly a likely scenario, right? It wasn't, Yeah. it wasn't, uh, I don't think anyone's like shocked. Like, oh my gosh, a college football team had some guys test positive. We've been having this every week. There's been almost a third of the games canceled for the last two months of the season. Um, You know, and I'm not going to blame these Ohio State kids either, whoever got it, because I just think that's stupid, right? Yes, could they have been more responsible? There's probably, that's probably true, but Anyway, the answer, Justin, is you've obviously set us off on a rant. Um, well but, done. But you know, I taught early morning seminary for a little, a short period of time uh, in my ward here, and it, I didn't. It took me a couple of rounds before I realized what the kids were doing. But they had a game where they felt like it, it, if you could get, if you could get Brother Mangum to go off on like a tangent or tell a mission story. Or like break off of like the the planned lesson, like you got mm, points. Nice. Um, apparently, it was not very challenging. <laughs> and uh, and yeah. so what Justin here has done is accomplish just that. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like playing that game where you bounce a ball off the wall and catch it. <laughs> right. Not very challenging, but but still satisfying. And but every once in a while you break something playing that game. That's I mean, true. come on, we've all That's been true. there. We've all been there. Uh, Mike's like, what was that sound? You're like, nothing. It was nothing. nothing. Don't worry about it. It was the dog. Uh, Mike Hamilton on Twitter at MikeHam91 says, you dismissed a G5 playoff last podcast. ESPN controls eight to 10 bowls that only have G5. They could take seven bowls and make an 18 playoff. Champ of each G5, one, uh, w- but one of them goes to the New York Six plus the four next best. Equals more interest than current bowls. Equals more money. Downside to G5 is six less teams bowling, but more money for conferences. Hashtag December Madness. Um, this this plan could work because you don't give up the New Year's Six. Because what we basically said was the G5 is never going to do this and give up the New Year's Six payday. Right? And the pot- the potential to be included in something else. Right? Um, but this one's more... Doable. I think you could just also to to his downside. You just have other bowl games to include other G fives. You wouldn't even have to eliminate that. I still don't know if they would do this. If ESPN would be that interested, because the ratings for G five games are just not that high, and I don't know that making it a playoff format would change that as much as you might think. But let me tell you this. So I, like I thought idea. about this. 
I thought about this after our show last week when we talked about it. And in a in a in a normal year, I watch FCF FCS playoff games. Yeah, but you're but I don't watch any regular season. You're I, weird. Dude, I watch Division Two and Division Three playoff games and championships. Yeah, but you're weird. You're an anomaly. I, I'm telling you right now. I I just would be I would be shocked if this it would get more viewers. Yes. But would it get enough more viewers for them to actually really execute the, the plan? Financially, right? I don't know. I mean, it gives them more inventory, right? In theory, if especially if you keep um if you keep the other bowl games, right? But if you started the week after championship week with round one of this playoff, but the problem is it goes back to the legitimacy question. If the best G five team isn't participating, then what is this? It's not a G5 championship because your best team isn't doing it. So what is it? It's a tournament. It's the NIT, right? And people watch the NIT, but not very many people. And it's usually just the fans of those teams right. or and, and basketball nuts. In your case, you're a football nut, right? So yes, would it drum up some more interest for some of these games? Probably. Uh, would it be like... Oh, ESPN, you've got to do this. Everybody's going to make more money. Mm, I'm not sure that would be the case. I'm not sure. Uh, but I, I like the idea, honestly. Uh, it's better than what I've heard of just doing a G5 playoff because I just think that will never happen. What if somebody – now, and I, this this has all the same problems that you talked about. But what if some other group said, I'm going to hold a tournament at the end of the college football season – and I'm going to invite 12 teams to participate, you know, or 14 teams, or whatever. Okay. Uh, and I, or whatever, not whatever the number is, right? You can, you know, you put together a bracket for whatever number you want, whatever number that make, makes sense. Sure. I'm going, and then maybe those the four teams they invited to the college football playoff obviously wouldn't wouldn't take it, but maybe I invite Florida and Texas A&M and Cincinnati. And I'm going to put this tournament together, and it's not NCAA sanctioned, or, or it's just like any other of these other bowl games. Um, do you think something like that could could uh, get, get it get off the ground? No. Because if you're Florida, like, would you ra- – and I could pay – what if I had a way to pay you more money, I guess that would be – you'd be – it'd be a shoe-in, right? So, so think about the financial stuff of that, right? The, the way this cabal works is it's all tied together. The New Year's Six and the college football playoff are all part of the same system, which actually, did you know that the corporation is still the BCS? Something, something. Right. That owns that. this the trademarks and that stuff. This is all tied together today. The TV contracts, the bowl tie-ins, all of this is tied together. So the conferences would not allow their teams to participate in this, just like the conferences did not allow their teams, say, like the Big Ten did with Nebraska. You can't play outside of what we've agreed to do. They're the Legally speaking, this what you're describing is impossible because it would require um, the conferences to buy in. And why are the conferences going to buy in if this what this really does is drive money to individual teams. Now, if you could get the conferences to buy in, maybe. But again, it would have to be more money. And who's the TV partner, 
right? Is ESPN, who already owns all the inventory, going to do it? No. Is it going to be Fox? Maybe. Uh, like, who's going to who's gonna pony up the money to beat this current system? And I just, I would struggle to see who could pull that off. I mean, I, I think if somebody tried to do that and it started to get some traction, the good part about it might be that the NCAA and the college football uh, playoff group end up coming together and say, screw it, we got to go to 12 teams, right? Because we can't let this other group come and steal this away from us. And then you ki- you'd kill it, right? It, it was just like when the uh, USFL had some of the big players, right? And they spent all that money, but they couldn't maintain it. And where did Herschel Walker and Steve Young end up playing? That's right. If you can't beat them, join them. Yeah. Now, for Herschel Walker and Steve Young, it worked out great. Um, they made a lot of money. All right. NFL playoffs. Speaking of playoffs. Playoffs? Johnny Ashton on Facebook. And, of course, if you want to join the conversation on Facebook, you can do that at facebook.com slash risingshot. Which former Cougar is going deepest into the NFL playoffs? And which former Cougar, other than Andy Reid, will have the biggest impact in the playoffs? Matt? So my gut reaction to this is uh, Dirty Dan. Dan Sorensen. It's it's not a bad pick. It's not a bad pick. But I, for me, it's, a, it's, it's, it's either him or Taysom Hill. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Uh, uh, I, I mean, Taki Taki's playing well and could have a big impact um, this week, if especially if Cleveland plays. Um, you know, oh. Taki Taki could. I think Taysom Hill um, is likely. I, I think Sorensen's team is. I, I mean, the Saints could last a long time too, but Sorensen's uh, team is the one that's likely going to last the longest. That are the Saints, so I, I got to go with Taysom Hill or Sorensen at this point. I Great know who question. I want it to be, but I want it to be Taysom. Of course you do. You love Taysom. But maybe it's, I guess I guess if they were to face each other in the Super Bowl, hmm. that would uh, who would you root for? And the winner, obviously, right? Who would you root for? That's that easy for me, that. Saints. Yeah, even here locally, I wouldn't admit that. That's not a question for me. I wouldn't. It's not a question for me. All the Chiefs fans to hate me. Uh, So, Matt, people people don't like us. I don't know if you knew this, but it's very clear from some of these things that people don't like us. And we're going to start with Simon Pickup. All right, he sent us an email, and of course, you can email the show at riseandshoutpod at gmail dot com. Is that right? Is that the email address? I don't. I don't know. Why is this still an issue for you? We're, we're 444 crap, crap, episodes crap. in, and you don't even know the email address. Well, the email address... Course, in your defense, it's changed. Yeah, in my defense, at like episode 60, we changed the email. Yeah, riseandshoutpod at gmail.com. I was right. Why am I doubting myself? I've gotten it right for like two years straight, know. and you and Sweeney have me all thing. like freaked out. You're all uh, jacked up on the Mountain Dew, Pop. Yeah, no, it's... It's Dr. Pepper. You should know that by now. I know you're quote. quoting. It's a movie I quote. I know you're quoting. All right. He says, Dear Rise and Shout Podcast, I just got back from a family trip to Utah to see family. We stayed at two different families' houses. Well, that was There's a lot of families here. There's a lot, a lot of, of family families. going on. However, one family are Ute fans and the other are Aggie fans. How do we deal with annoying Ute and Aggie fans without sounding like a snob? 
Simon, I have to say this. You're one of my favorite people. I've never met you, but you're fantastic. He says, <laughs> I, I need to... This question to... just by itself is yeah. my favorite part of the whole email. But I mean... Anyway, continue. Yeah, let's turn everybody into robots, Simon. You need to turn your family into robots, like we talked about before uh, with football players. I need new ways because my answer to every annoying thing they say is Zach Wilson. <laughs> Which is the best answer. Love it. Uh, the other one is Taysom Hill because I just I love saying to uh, Utah fans and Aggie fans, Taysom Hill, and those, oh, he wasn't a good college quarterback, and blah, blah, blah. And you're just like, uh, you know, Taysom Hill. Just keep saying the words Taysom Hill. You don't have to say anything else about his accomplishments, about how he's now the heir apparent for the New Orleans Saints. All you have to do is say Taysom Hill, and it'll send them off in this fury. Same with Zach Wilson, by the way. Uh, Utah fans are hilarious right now saying that Wilson would not have started at, at Utah. It's It's just comical, right? Or, or Aggie fans that's saying he's the poor man's uh, Chucky Keaton, right? <laughs> Chucky Keaton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's it's Dude, great. Dude, I love though. I just imagine Simon. He's going from the frying pan into the fire. I don't know which house he had to stay at first, right? The Ute fans or the Aggie fans? He's going from one to the other, and he just keeps saying like they're saying all this ridiculous stuff, and he's just and all he says, he's not even putting together a complete sentence. Simon's just looking at them with a smile and saying. Zach Wilson. Wilson. Yeah. Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson. Maybe you've heard of him. Love it. So this is where Simon then uh, has some disagreement with this, and then we've got another one right after this that is also... He's, he's got umbrage. He has umbrage. umbrage. Um, also, I can confirm that you didn't talk about Isaac Resks at the award show, which was like two weeks ago. If I were to give him an award, I would give him Rookie of the Year. That's a good choice, and we should have thought of that, Simon. Uh, uh, that's clear choice but yeah our bad also could john beck get the byu football coach of the year award for coaching zach wilson i i think the answer is yes um and going back to last week's show my family and i played a lot of azul on our trip so it sounds like the trip wasn't all bad because azul is a ton of fun um well and you got to see family i mean you know family's mm, nice it depends isn't it about time isn't it about oh by the way that is one of my favorite dad jokes is anytime we're seasoning food I always say, isn't it oh. about time? Yeah, that's that one. It's a classic. Oh, the it's kids, the kids groan, roll their eyes. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. Uh, Brian Stevenson on Twitter at Brian underscore BRS twenty seven sounds like a droid. BRS twenty seven on Star Wars. Meet me, me. When you're handing out BYU team awards, I can't believe I didn't ever hear Isaac Rex mentioned as a possibility for biggest surprise. Um, I mean, people are really angry about this. Or even most valuable offensive player not named Zach. I, okay, let's slow the roll there. Rex had a terrific season. He did not create the same amount of value or even close to what Algier or Milne created. Yeah, but you, you could have the convert. You could have him in the conversation. I, again, touchdown numbers make people go goo goo eyes. This isn't fantasy football. Okay. Uh, touchdown numbers are ha- touchdowns are how you win the game, Adam. You yes. play to win the game. Yes, but why is he open for those? Because he's so good. Because they're guarding Milne and Romney, right? Like, uh, again, Rex had a tremendous. Th- 
year, and he's gonna have you hate Isaac Rex. I love you didn't bring Isaac him up Rex. at the award show. You didn't now either. You're to, you now you're trying to downplay what his accomplishments. Come on, the guy had a great season. He did, but why can't we just say he had a great season? But he didn't have a Milne season. He didn't have an Algiers season. It wasn't like an all-time great season at his position, like Milne and Algier had. I'm just saying. All right, guy seems like. Points. He guy seems like he at least earned a shout out, doesn't he? Yes, yes, Brian, yeah. Simon, correct. everybody else has pointed it out. We were wrong. We're sorry. See now, but now that you've pointed this out about Brian's hander handle on hander handle on Twitter, his hander? I want to make that boop, 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 every time we get a question. And by him. the way, that's maybe the worst R two D two I've ever heard, or BB eight yeah, or whatever you do. It's terrible. Oh, that's entertained by my stupid R2-D2. Yeah, yeah, I don't right. understand it. All right, so the big news, of course, is that um, Grimes left and went to Baylor. And so people yeah. have questions on that, so let's hop to those questions. Um, Daniel Smith, that's at Dan Smith BYU 16 uh, that does not sound like a droid, on, on Twitter says, hashtag t- tweet bag, hashtag climb on in. Who is your top pick for replacing Grimes, and who does Grimes take with him? I, of course, I know who my pick is. this this happened. Uh, this is I'm I'm not being nice. Daniel sent this question, of course, before the announcement. Uh, my answer would have been Roderick, uh, yeah. and my answer would have been he's taking no one with him. Everybody was freaking out on Twitter that he was going to take Mateos, and Mateos clearly like sends this gift that says I'm staying and people are like well, I don't know you could have interpreted that any way <laughs> and then today even but I don't remember if this is before or after the announcement on Roderick or uh, Mateos is tweeting asking if people can help him find a house in Utah County guys he wasn't ever going anywhere and I don't know why people assumed he would like yes he he got hired by by Grimes to come in but guys stay around. Now, sometimes they go, right? But I don't know why everyone's like, oh, well, Mateos is gone. Well, based on what? You guys don't know him, right? Uh, so he's not taking anyone with him. We've, I think we've discovered that, right? Everyone's like, oh, he's going to take Roddick with him. Why? No, he's not. Why, why is Roddick going to leave? Yeah. Instead of getting promoted to offensive coordinator, he's going to go be the passing game coordinator at Baylor? No. No. And plus, Satake did the right thing and promoted these guys right away. Okay, Sweeney. Yeah, that was smart. And speaking of Mateos, just a quick shout out. I, I know he doesn't listen to the show, but uh, getting married week. on Saturday. So congratulations, coach. He listens every week. Every week. I'm sure that he has. I'm sure that he has time to listen to our podcast. Until he called us, called me out, not us, called me out for negativity. I don't think he had any idea who we were. So. No. And I doubt he listens to the show. And and but if he does, we didn't say week. and we didn't say he was wrong about your tweets either. No, he wasn't wrong. We said he was right. So, it was yeah. I was being a negative Nelly that you were that being a little bit of a uh, Debbie Downer that yeah, night. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Justin Sweeney comes to the tweet. Sweeney. He says BYU now has alumni at Texas, Mississippi State, UVA, and the U. Our offensive coordinator just left for a bottom eleven. Bottom level P5 offensive coordinator position. That's not true. We'll get back to that in a second. Uh, sorry, Justin. I'm going to disagree with you there. Lateral at best for money. 
Why does BYU talk about P5 inclusion and insist on paying G5 or worse money for their coaches? We train up staffs to excel elsewhere. Hashtag oh, rant bag. All caps. In all caps with three exclamation points. And a frowny face. Um, so, guys, coaches move all the time. I, I don't know why at BYU we think this is, like, not a thing. Like, everybody moves all the time. And yes, historically, we have paid less than other schools, than P5 schools pay, and good or average for G5, depending on the year and the position. Um, but we don't get P5 money. Right? We don't, we don't have, have a P5, P5 money. Budget. Yeah, so I get what Justin's saying, but Grimes, I don't know why he left, but he did grow up right in near Baylor, not right near Baylor, but he's a Texas guy. And it's a P5 position, and they were good not that long ago. I, this well, is, to me, not a bottom... This isn't This isn't Vanderbilt. This isn't, um, you know, uh, K- Kentucky. This isn't... This is a, a place where they could turn it around and come back and contend for a Big 12 championship within a couple seasons. Well, and here's the other thing you've got to think about on top of everything that you just said, okay? Is uh, he and Dave Miranda have... Dave Miranda. Dave Aranda coached together for a little while, and I, I think he believes in what Aranda is doing. He believes in what... That Aranda can put this program in a place on the map that's going to change both of their profiles. Um. So for him, it, it may be an oper- this It might feel like a step to uh, to get in a head coaching job at a P5 school. Yeah, and, which, and, you, which yeah. likely wasn't going to get hired for out of the OC position at BYU anyway. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I, I don't think that was the likely scenario. Um, now, if I were him, would I have taken this job? I have no idea. I don't know what the money numbers are. I don't know how he likes living in Provo. Right or any of those other factors that could that are non financial that could that could play into this, I would say like I think your best path to getting a P five job as a head coach is being a rock star coordinator at another P five. I just don't know that Baylor's that P five could be. Um, I think it's a better path than going uh, to a G five school because then you've got to be super successful there to then get the bump right so yep. if that's his end goal is to be a p5 head coach he's 52 right 53 like he's got to make the move if he thinks this gives him a better shot at that being his next job you've got to do sure. that. I, I that's why i just don't i i don't think it's a lateral move i think it's a move up in that respect maybe not from a football perspective uh, because Baylor's not been great, right? But um, but like you said, his relationship with Aranda, I mean, I don't know what that is and what it means to him. And to your point, it m- seems like it means a lot. Well, and I think he, you know, Aranda puts together good, solid defensive teams, at least historically. Uh, you know, the, right. that's what he did at LSU. And... Um, yeah, so maybe they they might have even talked about this when they were in Baton Rouge, right? Sure. Oh, hey, yeah. if I get a job, if I get a gig, I man, you would be the the first guy I'd want to hire. 
you know, and the, the timing didn't work out quite right when a random moved to Baylor. You know, who knows? But right. I but I promise you he's making more money. Yeah, I think that's probably a given. Uh, Dr. Nick on Facebook had a similar question. He said, looking at the Grimes move, going from BYU to Baylor, a mid-level P5 team, I think that's more accurate, isn't much of a step up other than potentially in salary. I would have guessed that Grimes would get much better offers. Since BYU doesn't release coaches' salaries and neither does Baylor, we don't really know the financial aspect. And he, of course, points out Grimes has worked with Dave Aranda in the past. Why would Grimes move to this 2-7 and seven team is a sign that he thought BYU's offense would take a step back. We already gave our answer as to why he might do this. Uh, Matt, do you think this is a sign that he thinks, well, this is a one-year wonder thing and I got to get out before it collapses on itself? No, I, I think Grimes is, has got a little bit more faith in what he has uh, put together institutionally at BYU. Um than that, I, and and I think that it bears out if you look at kind of how things worked out with the play calling in the game where you know where we were down a couple of coaches and and some other things. So I I don't know that I I just don't think that's I don't think that's what's going on here. Yeah, I agree. And Gary Payne at Fast Break GP has a different angle, but but similar similar thought. He says I think the stadium really does need changes. Okay, he's making fun of me because yesterday I tweeted out. I didn't I didn't re uh read the tweet before I hit tweet and I said, you know, that t- tonight we are going to talk about basketball exclusively and then, you know, there were coaching changes, but I wrote stadium changes. I don't know why. It was not an autocorrect. I wish I could blame it on that. Yeah, he says, I don't think I don't think you go from coaching to stadium on autocorrect. I I don't believe so. That's definitely user error. Um, so he says more recliners and cup holders would be nice at the stadium. Wait, never mind. Not wrong. Let's go on to the offensive coordinator. Uh, we already know he, this, he was asking when will we know, but this has already happened. Uh, better time to replace the offensive coordinator with Zach Wilson and Dax leaving anyway. I don't know. I don't think that stuff matters to me very much. The timing when players come and go. No, I'm not. I I think that these these pieces all just kind of move around each other. You're never going to be able to. I mean, yeah, I I I don't place a lot of a a lot of emphasis or weight on that. Yeah, and does this increase likelihood of more declaring and or impact recruiting? Hashtag tweet bag. Hashtag pain bag. I would say not on the declaring. I don't think it'll have any effect on people going to the NFL. Uh, On the recruiting piece, I think it might if you were having wholesale changes to the offensive staff. But the fact that you're basically just promoting his number one and his number two up makes me think that likely it won't have any major effects on recruiting. Yeah, I feel the same way. Yeah. All right. So that's enough of that. Um, Matt, I keep seeing, before we hop on to basketball, I keep seeing people talk about the QB for next year, and we've talked about it on the show, and I feel like Conover is getting left off a lot. And I will say I will say this again. Do not assume that the next quarterback is going to be somebody that took snaps last year. Because Hall played a game and a half and Baylor played what, like two and a half games? Right. They none of none of these quarterbacks have a lot of experience. Right? And I don't know who's going to be the quarterback. 
I'm just saying, like, the fact that people are like, oh, it's going to be Romney or Hall, I've seen a few of those. I don't understand that at all. Like, Conover was a highly recruited uh, highly recruited guy coming out of high school, and the other two were not. That doesn't mean he'll win the job, but the other two were not uh, sought after in the same way. And Conover's a heck of an athlete, too. So I, I kind of feel like everyone's, not everyone, that a lot of fans are, like, assuming, well, we've seen these guys. Well, the coaches have seen all three of them a lot more than we have. Because Conover ran the scout team all season, if I'm not mistaken. Right. So they've gotten to see him in action. Uh, and, you know, they were, he got uh, Roderick. The reason I bring it up is Roderick, no, uh, Fessy Sataki got asked that, who who's going to decide on the QB? And he said, that's Roderick's call. But if he asked me, I'll give him my opinion. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Um, but... <laughs> I, I think in the end, guys, that they're gonna they're gonna do a full evaluation on this. I I I would be shocked if they've already decided if or if somebody's the easy front runner. I mean, Hall didn't play all year. I, I think he's he is playing from behind. Right? Romney yeah. and Conover were taking snaps and in front of the coaches all year. I this this assumption that Hall's the guy, I I it's pure fan stuff. It's it's not based in reality. I mean, Hall may end up winning the job. I'm not saying he won't. I'm just saying, like, the this assumption that Hall's going to get it because he looked good in a game and a half a year and a half ago, yeah, guys, I don't think that's what's going to decide who the next starting quarterback is. Well, and I know you turned me away on this when I mentioned this before, but I'm still not convinced that Hall's going to ever play another snap. Well, I, I'm not turning you away. I, I agree. I He hasn't yet. And right. I know it's the hip thing right now, but like, like I my I think the the concern about the concussions is still the same. Yeah, uh, right. I like, it, so I I just well, and we had uh, a quarterback after years of not having one quarterback finish the season. Most teams, most years, play more than one quarterback, either because of ineffectiveness or injury. The other part is we need at least two good quarterbacks to be ready because you're probably going to use multiple quarterbacks. We didn't this year, thank goodness, and Wilson uh, you know, stayed healthy the whole year. Uh, but that's not – most years you need more than one quarterback, right? Uh, Wilson's first two years, he was the beneficiary of that, came in and replaced Tanner. And then last year, obviously, he had injury issues, and he was the one that got replaced. So um, – you know, you're going to need multiple guys anyway. Um, so anyway, all right, that's the end of my rant on that. Uh, so our, we were going to talk mostly about basketball today, but we are going to talk about some basketball. Um, before we get to our preview, Nathan Anderson at J Nathan Anderson on Twitter said, is there a collective effort by the schools in California to keep BYU off the court so they can't get a rhythm to play the Zags? Now, I think he was, of course, joking, but this string of cancellations was just crazy right it's intense right like i i can't that's got to be hard as a player you know the 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 to maintain kind of the focus and stay i don't know that's got to be hard like yeah. mentally and then things changing on you last minute i mean that's just that's hard yeah and hashtag tweet bag hashtag conspiracy theory hashtag go kooks from nathan uh, and then brother dawn Says Gonzaga Thursday night discuss and we shall. But before that, Gary Payne responded, came back to add this. 
meaning uh, Don's tweet. Uh, however, my Klingon speaking friend is on it as usual. Uh, so that's my best Klingon sound. Uh, that sounded like a Wookie. Those aren't the same things. There I have you no go. idea what Klingon sounds like. I really have no <laughs> idea. I pulled up some some gifts I was going to respond to Gary Payne with on Twitter, um, but I was like, I, I have I don't have any context for any of these. Come on, did you watch any of the Star Trek like movies in the eighties? And I watched all of the Next Generation. I think I saw every episode of that ever produced because it was appointment viewing in our house. I rewatch. I'm rewatching it with with Lena. It's fantastic. Um. Anyway, all right. So. Matt, I'm let's... gonna do it right now. I'm gonna in real time. I'm gonna tweet in real time. Oh, that's fascinating. This is really great. Isn't it great? I'm gonna ignore you. Um, this is also normal, right? Part of the show, me ignoring you. So let's talk about the Gonzaga game. It is not a third game. It is against Gonzaga, which some people are like. Oh, this would be great if we get to play them three times. It is their February sixth game, just being moved to Thursday. Matt, your thoughts. Uh, yeah, this is crazy. Like, we're just going to slide this game up by several weeks because we can't get two healthy teams on a court? Yes. That but it's is also correct. smart. It's also smart, right? Yes. Yeah. Get healthy teams. Conference, you got to get the healthy teams into a gym yeah. and have them play each other when they're healthy. You can yeah. get as many of these games done as you can. I think college basketball is going to be very challenged uh, to complete a season. Yeah, um, I think they'll complete good. a season. I just think it's going to be a lot less games. I mean, it's be every, way less games. I think every, we will play half of a normal schedule. Every week in college football, we had a third of the games canceled. Basketball is going to be worse. We talked about this last week or maybe two weeks ago. It's going to be harder for college basketball because they play two games in the same week. So when you get if, – if the timing is bad, you could miss four games if your team has, has – uh, several guys text positive, and then you have the contact tracing. You'd miss four games without in one incident. Yeah. So I, you know, you look at that and you say that's not not ideal uh, for sure. Uh, so Matt, predictions for Thursday night against Gonzaga. Is there even a line for that game yet? Uh, I tried to look it up just a minute ago. ESPN doesn't have their full comparison up yet. Uh... Uh, this is very exciting for the listeners to hear you and I rat-a-tat-tat. And by the way, Devonta Smith winning the Heisman, very, uh, he was, he's amazing. I, I don't That's have who I would have voted for. That's who I would have voted for. I, I don't have any issues. But I do have to say that if you have three uh, Alabama players finishing in the top six, it's kind of ridiculous, isn't it? Isn't that it's kind so of ridiculous? So it's so kind of silly. Um. I think that offensive line might get a little bit of credit for that, right? Let's see if I can get a line. Doesn't Man, matter. I'm striking out. I'm striking out call here. It, but now call I'm, it them now by really 18, curious. right? Yeah, that's probably about right. You know, so, so Matt, I'm predicting BYU loses. It has nothing to do with the short week or whatever. It just has to do with Gonzaga is the best team in all the land. They are so good. Right, and they have in their last five games, they've not allowed anyone anywhere near them. You know, they're only a four-point favorite, is what I'm finding. Really? At home? 
Is this? Yeah, this looks right. Yeah, that can't be right. That's that's, oh, that's stupid. The headline said I saw a headline that said it opened as four, and I'm now I'm on a website that's showing them no. as a four point favorite. No. What? That doesn't even make any sense to me. They're the number one team according there's to no, basically every way. computer. No, this is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. Are you looking at something from like a year ago or three years ago or something? Yeah, I think it's old. And BYU's like the 47th best team in all of the land, according to Massey's ratings. Um, all right, so uh, percent chance that BYU can pull the upset, 0 to 100. 7. I was going to say like 7 or 8. I mean, we could beat them, but it's going to take our best game and them have it being off, right? Uh, but we've done it before, quite frankly, with a, at least a, a probably lesser team than this three years ago, right? Four was four years ago when we did that. Maybe that team was better yeah. than this team, but, or comparable. But and uh, but Gonzaga, right? They were twenty. What were they? Twenty nine and zero at the time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when we beat them. So I mean, yes, the answer is you can. I don't think it's the the likely. The likely scenario. So, so in the Mountain West, to give our preview. In the what? Mountain West. Oh, gosh. It's a flashback. In the West Coast Conference, which, by the way, Mountain West was kind of cool for basketball uh, with San Diego State and stuff. It was a fun uh, basketball conference. At least uh, for some years it was. Uh, in the West Coast Conference, you have obviously got Gonzaga. They're in a league of their own. I am going to break it into tiers, and you tell me if you agree. Okay. Tier 1 is Gonzaga. Tier 2 is BYU. Tier 3 is St. Mary's by themselves. Tier 4 is San Francisco and Loyola Marymount. Tier 5 is Santa Clara, Pepperdine, and Pacific. And then the toilet tier is San Diego and Portland. Do you concur with that assessment? Run me through your top three tiers again, because the rest of it is just noise for me. The top three so, tiers are Gonzaga by themselves, us by themselves, and St. Mary's by themselves. So where I, I th- this is where then this is where I disagree with you is I I feel like San Francisco probably gets into that into that third tier with St. Mary's. Well, here, here's my problem with San Francisco. I have no idea what to do with this team. Right, like they beat Virginia. Uh, you know. Two days after losing to UMass Lowell. Okay. Who I didn't even know was a D1 team. I didn't know that they, right, that they okay. fielded a and we grew D1 up basketball Not team. that far from Lowell. I know exactly where it's located, but yeah. I didn't know they played D1 okay. basketball. Then you lose to Rhode Island, who is, you know, historically has been okay and is not terrible, but, you know, after after you beat Virginia. Then you lose to Cal and Oregon. Fine. Right? Um, and then you uh, barely beat Grand Canyon. Who um, is not a good team. Not, not like the worst team ever. But, and, um, you know, and San Diego hangs with you at home. I... I just don't know how good these guys are. Does that make sense? Like, I look at them and I say, 
I I just don't know if they can be as consistent as uh, St. Mary's. So that's why I put them in a different tier. But I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, but dude, I mean, they beat Virginia. They beat Virginia. They can't and, take that and, away from and, them. And, and, if, and are we talking like tiers historically, or are we just talking tiers for this season? This season. Don't care about history. Yeah, so if I if I look at the it say if I had to project a conference tournament right now, I would say that those are those are your four teams. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Right? Okay. And so I, I feel like they 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 at least belong in the same tier as one of those three. All right, fine. All right. I am adjusting my tiers based on your feedback, and we are gonna do it Gonzaga, BYU, San Francisco, and St. Mary's. And then, then the problem, though, is I think LMU is a lot better than anybody else. That's that's fair. So uh, what I so do at maybe, that point, though, is I say then you got LMU, then you got LMU, and then you got everybody else. I'm not okay. going to draw a distinction between Pacific and Portland. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just not going. I'm just not going to do it. I I don't yeah. know that that like it's a step. I don't know that it's a whole step change between those two teams. I I just I just don't know. You know, maybe it is. I mean, because Portland is. I mean, they're not great. No, but but here's uh, the thing: the, they, they've the, won. A, they've won a lot of basketball games, but they just haven't really. The conference is Oregon State. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. There's, I mean, there we're not the West Coast Conference is not terrible uh, at all. Obviously, it's buoyed up a lot at the top, but right now, according to Massey ratings. It's the eighth best conference ahead of the Mountain West, ahead of uh, the A-10, uh, just below the Pac-12 and American. So if you look at that, you say the, the bottom still is bad, but the mid that mid-tier below LMU, that, that next group, is, is not as bad as they have been historically. They're more average, if you will, right, than, than maybe they've been in years past. And I mean Santa Clara, Pepperdine, and Pacific, right, um, in general, right, uh, is who I'm talking about. Um, well, and, and I think you, you might be able to make a case for cutting San Diego out and putting them in, like, a bottom tier by themselves because they are not they are not good this year. They, they are not good this year, Um you know, losses uh, to UCLA, Nevada, UC Irvine, and San Francisco, and the only team they've beat so far is a Cal Poly team that is probably one of the worst teams in the country, right? And I think, um, and they may struggle. You know, it seems like California, you know, sports in California are having a hard time uh, maintaining schedules, right? So. Ugh. Yeah. Um, I mean, Tough. they may struggle to get into a rhythm at all. On top of the fact that they just might not be very good this year, so I, I, I think that San Diego is going to struggle in a way, in a different way than everybody else. So yeah, okay. So maybe, maybe you got some differentiation in there. Yeah, I, there's some differentiation. Maybe I. The, the my point is that as of today, and again, everything's uneven with the computers because you know, even looking at the West Coast Conference, you know, Gonzaga's played ten games. St. Mary's and BYU have played 11. San Francisco's got 12. LMU's got 8. Santa Clara's got 8. Pepperdine, 9. And then you got Pacific with 4. San Diego with 5. And then back to Portland has 9. Uh, you've got... We're, we're going to have this weird, uneven 
amount of games played at the end. Because you're going to be able yeah. to plug and play some of these, like BYU and Gonzaga are doing this week, but you're not going to be able to do that consistently enough to make the schedules full at the end of the day. Um, and hopefully, I, the whole NCAA tournament, right? Is this official that it's all in Indianapolis? That's official, right? I believe that is official. So I, It's the only way they'll get it done. But but they're not going to bubble, is what is nope. what they're saying today, is that all the people will go home and then come back a few days later. I'm just telling you, wait, there will be a conference. If they do it that way, there will be conference NCAA tournament games that are forfeited. If they want this thing to work, I I, I mean, here's hoping the 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 vaccine and stuff and the warmer weather and some other things help bring infection rates down. But I think they're just playing with fire if they don't do a bubble. I don't know how they pull that off with 68 teams, but I think you got to try. supposed to be going to school at the same time. Correct. But again, virtual school. A lot of them are doing rural classes anyway. Uh, you could do those from a hotel, but I think about how expensive that is. If you're a little program and you're trying to, you're like your run could bankrupt your athletic department because you got to put your, your team and staff in a hotel for a month. Oh yeah. If you have a deep run, but I don't, I don't know if it'll bankrupt them though. I mean, the thing is, I think the NCAA might help with stuff like that. And the other piece is, I mean, look what those runs do for enrollment and a few other things, you know. And in this environment where enrollment in a lot of these places is down, I I don't know if it bankrupt, but yes, the it would be a daunting if you're the athletic director, and they they say it's a bubble. I think your reaction is going to be like, holy crap! But you got to oh fly all the guys back and forth. That's not cheap either. Yeah, but that's got to that be cheaper than cast? incremental oh, cost. Uh, the difference between that and a week in a hotel plus food. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Well, let's let's go back, Matt, to to the to where the West Coast Conference is going to fall, and mo- most importantly, where BYU will fall. If we all agree that Gonzaga is not likely to lose more than let's say one game in conference, if I set if I set over under at point five losses. Are you taking zero or you're taking one in that scenario? I'm taking zero. Yeah, I think I am too, which is a little nuts because it's so hard in college basketball to go undefeated, right? But they As, already I feel like they did the hard part. Like Oh my gosh, yes. Their schedule was killer. It was a it's a gauntlet. It was a gauntlet, you know, and you know, they had some games canceled, but none of those teams were gonna beat them. Um and so I, I it's it. I, I don't know. Like, if they survived this, I mean, what else do they really have left? It's, you know, they got to play us twice. But the, if you look at, you say, you, if you just use the Massey ratings, right, right, like the difference between where we're at and where they're at is it's massive. Why? Yeah. And then for everybody else in the conference, it's even wider. Okay. So I. That's good. Just, I agree. I agree. I don't know. I, so the question is, at this point, how many losses does BYU have? And are they really a lock to finish? Lock is the wrong word. Are they really the most likely team to finish second? I think so. I think the BYU is the most likely team to finish second. I think that, uh, so, and actually, my, I honestly, I believe the next likely team is San Francisco. Maybe, maybe I'm just too high on the Dons. But you're buying the Dons. You're drinking the Don juice. 
I, that was weird, but yeah. <laughs> uh, listen, it's, it's our brother Don's favorite team in the WCC, not named BYU. It's the Don's. He loves it. Which fits because he it's needs, a great dad joke, and that's kind of he needs to get a shirt. Part of Don's charm. He needs to get a shirt. Um, oh, so how many Christmas gift idea? Why did you say that now? I know, you come up with that on January fifth. I'm the worst. And and on top of that, his birthday's nowhere near either. Yeah, nothing. I, I we got nothing. Birthday. Yeah, you have no idea when his birthday is, do you? Um, <laughs> so, so um, <laughs> there's a lot of there's an age gap between you guys. So, and, and to be fair, he was there for your birth, and you weren't there for his. So, no, I was a little, little bit more memorable. Um, so, in, in the case, I mean, so how many non Gonzaga losses does BYU have in conference? We we both of us predicted at the beginning of the year that they would lose to Gonzaga twice, drop one to St. Mary's, and have w- at least one other loss. So we we were saying non-Gonzaga losses, minimum two, probably three. Have you changed your mind on that? I have. I have changed my mind. I'm saying right. minimum one, probably two. I'm still minim, uh, minimum two, probably three. But I still think that gets them to second place. Well, and I think they perform well in the tournament, which is which will be useful. I, I don't know that they beat Gonzaga to win the tournament, uh, but if they can get that number two seed, meet Gonzaga in the conference tournament final, um, you know, then I think you're pretty well positioned for the for the for the big dance at that point. Well, and I think some people are disappointed that this game on Thursday does not end up being a third game against Gonzaga. Let's not rule out that that still happens in the regular season. We're in week two of conference play, and we've already had to make this huge adjustment. Yeah, I, I, I think I think it's not out of the realm of possibility that we play. We don't play the. Uh, we're obviously already not playing the schedule we thought, but that other weird things don't happen. A- and let's not, you know, let's not fool ourselves that BYU might not get b- bit by by losing some games themselves. Right? We already had it in football with army and a couple players that got it and missed time like Hodge. Right. So I'm just saying like, this is going to be chaos, um, which makes predicting who's going to finish where and how many losses people are going to have even harder because we don't know exactly who you're going to play. Well, and what'll be tough about this is if BYU say, let's say in, in a bad case scenario, BYU loses half of the remaining games on their schedule and they're the and they're the St. Mary's, San Francisco, and Gonzaga games. So let's say you only get to play Gonzaga one time, and right. the rest of your games are you know Pacific, Santa Clara, Portland, and and the rest of the gang. Um, like Hurts your resume. What does that What does that look like for your resume? Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, it depends on how you fare against Gonzaga, right? If you play, uh, good losses are a thing, right? Uh, if you play Gonzaga tough twice, but if you get blown out by them both times, I mean, it helps your strength the schedule, I guess, but. I don't know you're going to get a lot of credit for that if you get beat by 25 two times, right? Um, it's not going to help you. But yes, I agree. If you if you end up losing that second Gonzaga game, well, that's why taking taking it now is great because if the second one gets moved or something else, you, you may have a chance. But again, that's the last one, isn't it? I have to look at the schedule again. Um, but anyway, all right. So Matt... That's our that's our WCC preview. That's non in depth and all about BYU and Gonzaga, basically. 
By the way, well, they are so good. But that's got, that was kind of the point of our whole preview, right? Yeah, is yeah, that's yeah. what there is to talk about here. Yeah, yeah, and they are so good. I, 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 I maybe I shouldn't say this out loud. I really enjoy watching them play basketball. I think they're gonna win. I, I, kind of, I'd love to watch them win a national championship. Yeah, it'd be it'd be great. I mean, you look at you look at this, and this is it again. Not to go back to the same well here, but I'm going to. This is the difference between college basketball and college football. Cincinnati could build this great program. UCF did it for a short while. Boise's done it. Utah did it for a while and then got uh, put into a P5 conference. You can build this up like Gonzaga has, and now they're a national, legit national championship contender for this period of time where they've been one, right? And that isn't possible in football. Because they'll never get a shot in the current format. So you can do what Boise did, and the best thing you're going to get is table scraps. Yeah, we'll put you in a... Kellen Moore still won't come back and be your coach. Kellen Moore still won't come back and be... Well, how about Kellen Moore coming back and being BYU's coach once Sataki retires? That's not a thing. It is a thing. Brother Moore will come and do that. That's not a thing. It's, It's a thing. It could be a thing. He qualifies to be BYU's head coach uh, under certain rules, right? Okay. All right. Hey, Jerem Jordan said it. Jerem Jordan's always right. That's not true. Um, By the way, Matt, this is a good way to end the podcast. The BYU website. Have you been to the new website? I have. What color scheme are they running on BYUcougars.com? Isn't it great? They are running not Navy. Royal blue. That's the whole so, new color scheme. And so what, what, how does it become like the official color again? Like, do we have a press conference it, with it swatches? Did. It is the official color. The the announcements for Roderick and Satake, royal blue. The Beat Gonzaga ad on the front of of BYUcougars.com it, with Scott Harms dribbling a basketball up near his head, which is like, you know, how do you dribble the ball that high? That's good wrist strength. Um, Royal blue. It's all Royal blue. Uh, BYU softball announces 2021 signees, Royal blue. And, uh, you know, highlights from the BYU women's basketball game where they're wearing white jerseys with Royal blue. It's already happened. It's we are we are royal blue. It's done. We win. We win, Matt. The royal blue. And if you're navy and you feel sad, I'm sorry, but I'm not that sorry. Actually, I'm not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. One of those yeah. things. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, we're in a different era. When they made the change to navy, you and I have talked about. Have we talked about this on the show that? People used people did not wear a lot of branded stuff in most fandoms right. in the nineties. It was a different thing. Yeah, it was a different thing. You know, just people didn't do that. And and when they did the market research in the nineties, they learned that people would wear more if you did navy. And I think that was true then. Right? You had you had weird fan bases like Tennessee and other fan bases both in pro and college sports where people wore a lot of stuff. But you and I grew up in Boston. How many people in high school wore Patriots or or Red Sox? Everybody was wearing if people wore stuff, it was Notre Dame and BC. 
but people but even then there were not people didn't wear a lot of college or pro stuff if you go to boston now i've gone there on business you and i went there on a everybody's got a red sox hat on red sox hat patriot stuff celtics bruins you know grown men kids did right but grown men didn't wear like didn't wear college or pro t-shirts or polos that was not a thing now i get it in the 90s there were fan bases that did that right like i said tennessee um you know, in the crazy Southeast where, in Texas, maybe in Texas, I don't know, um, that, that people did that. But, you know, nowadays people wear whatever color their team or school is. I mean, people did with the Minnesota Wild up in Minnesota, and it's like Christmas colors. It's like red and green, right? And, you know, people are like out there in red and green, right? Uh, and again, Nowadays, I, you just need a color. Quite frankly, it's better if the more unique you are. And navy is about as generic as you can get, right? Um, I mean, the most generic right now, and at least pro, it seems to be red, white, and blue. Sorry, Nats. Oh my gosh, Pats. It's every Bills. Team. Uh, you know, it's they're every all red, team, white, and blue. though. It really is. It's every team. Well, it's part of the reason why I I wish. Um, you know, that's part of the reason why it's fun when you see, when you've lived in communities like like Texans, right? They become a new team, and what do they do? Red, white, and blue? Really? Like, when was when did they join uh, the NFL? It's been, what, 20 years? Yeah, something like that. But they why red, white, and blue, right? Pick, you know, that's why, like, in when we lived in Wisconsin, it's the green and gold. But but see, they went with a Texas flag, a Texas state flag motif. Yeah, that's which, what moves them to red, white, and blue. Fair enough, fair enough. But it's one of the things where when I see the Jazz, having grown up a Jazz fan, when I see the Jazz going back to more traditional colors, good, right? But you like, know what I love are is the Jazz like uh, desert scape. Yeah, yeah, that's a cool one. That's a cool one. I, I, you know, as a branding guy, I hear some people say you need to stick to your brand. I think that's antiquated. A view of brands. I think you, I think you actually need to to vary things up and do different things, which is kind of what BYU has done, right? We're basically alternating weeks between Navy and Royal. It'll be really interesting to see next year what they do with the. Uh, sorry, Gary and some other people that hate the uniform talk. It'll be really interesting to see what they do next year with the Royal and the Navy mix, right? Uh, if if we really are, but like you said, do you think there's going to be a press conference this off season saying, "Hey guys, it's all navy all the time, baby"? No, no, I don't think so either. I think it's just a thing they're going to do. Um, and you know, some of us will continue to wear navy and royal at the same time, just like Kalani does. Because we're and it's super okay. cool. There's nothing wrong with that. I've been doing that all my whole life. Well, let's let's hope they do a royal and navy combo uni. I'm still waiting oh for that. Gosh. That would be so awesome. Oh, it'd be so great. I, both ugly and terrific at the same time. Yeah, it'd be amazing. That'd be awesome. Well, heck, I mean, the Titans uniforms look pretty sweet, and they got two different shades of blue. Yeah, actually, it looks really cool. It looks it looks tight. I like the Titans unis. Uh, speaking of red, white, and blue, but doing it a little different, right? Um, you know, the former Houston Oilers. All right, well, thanks, everybody, for downloading and listening. We promise we will mention Isaac Rex in every podcast for the rest of our lives. 
I feel like that's an overpromise, but we are just obnoxious enough to deliver it. <laughs> we, I bet you from now on, at least for a year or two, we mention him in every podcast. Yep. Because uh, that's just what we do. We take something and we just grind it into the ground. Yeah, we, we will take a joke and we will defeat it. Yeah, we will make it so not funny by the end. Well, oh. that's that's us trying to not be funny. Uh, if you want to support this podcast and it's not funniness, you can go to patreon.com slash rise and shout to become a patron. Uh, we will catch you next time. All right. And uh, sorry, Isaac Rex, we'll catch you next week. Go Cougars. Really? I, I already said his name like it's six times. Whole, like, it's the whole Sports Nation Dennis Pettit show. No, it's so not. It's it wasn't as good. It wasn't as good. Not as good. Yeah, your face is not as good.